This is the Draft Prospect Review Podcast on Patriots.com Radio. Welcome to the NFL Draft. The Draft Prospect Review Podcast is your source for all the latest news and information on the NFL Draft. The New England Patriots like... Now, here to preview the offensive linemen, the writers of Patriots.com. Time once again for another Draft Prospect Review here at Gillette Stadium. Mike Dussault and Evan Lazar alongside uh, Grandpa Perillo uh, for some draft coverage and always my favorite. These are my favorite podcasts. The Offensive Line. What do I like to say, Deuce, about the Offensive Line? Uh, Do it on your own time? Do it on your own time. So I'm going to allow you guys to do it on my time. So I'll I'll make a compromise. It'll be partly my time. But I'm going to allow you guys well, to do if it. Well, we're all so, here, Paul, isn't it our time? Correct, Mr. Hunt. And uh, and I have to say, as much as I like to, to use the snark, I lean on the snark, there's a reason to be interested in the offensive line, specifically the tackles yeah. uh, this season. And that is the one position, Evan, that I will allow it. I'll allow it. If there's a tackle that you like and you think he's a left tackle of the future, he's worthy of a first-round pick. Because in all seriousness, if you're going to get a tackle – yeah, you can find them later on in the draft, but the the more tried and true method in the NFL is to identify a guy that you think can be your left tackle for ten years, and you got to take him early. So, yeah. With that said, I, I think I think we all agree that tackle is a need. There's I a lot of different guys. Yeah, the there's board. a lot of different guys out there. You know who stands yeah. out to you guys? I just wanted to say real quick. I mean, you know, Cal, they added Calvin Anderson, they added Riley Reef, so. You know, it's certainly going into the offseason was a huge need, and not to say that it's not a need now, but they did enough right now where you're like, is it the biggest, biggest need maybe? Um, but there's a lot of good guys right at the top. And well, I'm going to make it two to one. I'm in favor of yeah. Evan. You're in favor of, yeah. going, of getting a guy? I'm with Evan. I think I it's think the they, biggest need on the board. I think they did far. a great job of bolstering the depth at tackle. They do not have starters. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, and you also just look at long-term as well. Over the next couple of years, Riley Reef and Calvin Anderson, two-year deals for each of them. Trent Brown in a contract year, and I just really am reluctant of going into the season counting on two of those three starting for 17-plus games, and I also think you look at the quarterback that you have, and we know statistically when Mac Jones is under pressure, his numbers plummet and now that's true for a lot of quarterbacks but he was one of the worst passers in the league while under pressure last season by QBR I think he was the worst quarterback in the league under pressure so if you're gonna make it work with Mac Jones you have got to keep him clean and the best way to do that is to invest in one of these tackles in the first round it's not the sexiest pick Uh, I know Paul wouldn't uh, would speak to that it's not it's not the you know the most exciting thing to do uh, but I think it's by far uh, their biggest need in terms of upside and long-term potential after all who better to talk about sexy than 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 me that's right right. So, uh, you guys, there yeah. there are a handful of first round projected first round picks anyway, mm-hmm. uh, depending on where you look. Three, four guys uh, anyway, and some others that people are high on. That uh, you know, like Northwestern's uh, Peter Skaronsky, who right. some people aren't really sure exactly if he will translate to tackle. He may be a guard. Yeah. So. Out of these guys, the Paris Johnsons, the Broderick Joneses, and, and, and whatnot, uh, who stands out? Who's the guy that's at the top of your list if you could say, well, it's going to fall exactly right for the Patriots, so they're going to have the pick of the litter at 14 at tackle, which would be the guy that stands yeah. out? I, I, I mean, I'd go with Broderick Jones. I, I just I really enjoy watching him. I think he's tough. He has questions like you know Paris Johnson does too, where these guys haven't played a lot of football, season, a season and a half. And then Skaronsky's played a lot, but he has some size concerns. So I think – 
any of these guys trying to plug in at left tackle immediately, there are some questions. Um, but I, I really enjoy Broderick Jones. I just I think at this point, you know, as, as Evan kind of alluded, you need somebody long term. And so if you're going to maybe take some lumps early with him or maybe Paris Johnson as they develop, I, I'd be OK with taking a little bit of that chance with those guys, because I think long term you're talking I, the, the, he'll be your starter for the next 10 years. I don't know. But maybe he'll get past the first contract here in New England. That'd be nice. Yeah, about time. But I, with Paris oh, Johnson bar is and, and Broderick Jones, it's a classic ceiling floor argument. Yeah. The floor pick is Paris Johnson. The ceiling is Broderick Jones. Paris Johnson has some technical things that I think he's going to have to work on with his hands and with his leverage and, and pass protection. He can get bull rushed back into the pocket. He, he did it uh, a couple of times against Georgia. Lucas Van Ness, one of uh, uh, people's favorite edge prospects in this class, took him for a ride it, it, last year against Iowa. So yep. those are those are guys that uh, give him problems, guys that get into his chest and are able to push him back. He's got 36-inch arms but he doesn't use them, right? He doesn't extend his arms and really get his hands out there to first contact. But Broderick Jones is somebody that in pass protection is very, very inconsistent. He's, he's either shutting you down or he's whiffing and getting beat instantly. So he's going to have some things to do uh, with his footwork, with his posture. He kind of ducks his head and leans into contact and lunges at guys a little bit too much. But when you watch this guy block in the open field, it's like watching a that's tight the, that's end. That's what I love. I know he just block. finishes and loves it. Yeah, there's very few guys in the league that I can think of uh, that have his ability to block in space at, at such a high level. He is a weapon in the screen game. Like if you throw a screen to a receiver or running back to his side and get him out there where he can block uh, linebackers and DBs, it's a factor uh, for defenses. So he's a difference maker at the position. Whereas I think Paris Johnson is just more. Don't worry about it. Plug him in. You're going to have a nice left tackle for the next five to ten years, whatever you know, old saying you want to use, and, and you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so Evan brought up the performance for uh, you know the, you know against a, a quality pass rusher in Van Ness, and 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 how you go about that. Well, another guy who had a really strong. Uh, the, well, the opposite of what you're talking about. A strong performance is the kid from Tennessee, right? Yeah. Darnell Wright. Yeah. Um, a lot of people feel like he's shooting up the boards a little bit as a result of his work against Will Anderson when they took on Alabama. Did you guys see it that way? Uh, you know, how, how do you feel yeah, about, I mean, I, yeah. I, I know, about I'm Wright? I'm sure Evan has it, but yeah, absolutely. A guy that, I mean, after the combine hit my radar again and, you know, was a right tackle, but I think, you know, as we saw, he had some Twitter back and forth. I don't know if you guys saw this Not yesterday. Not great. Don't do that. <laughs> going into, Tweet beef? Yeah, yeah, going into, you know, random dudes, things, you know, talking oh, crap really? about, you know. Oh, he's uh, my I'm, guy. Then. I'm not just a right tackle. But then he apologized to So uh, He's got a bunch of things going on. But he's another guy that, that you love. And I think it's just really. Was it Bedard that he was bickering with? <laughs> no, it was somebody that is kind of a no-name yeah, person. Like a no -name. Even worse yeah, than yeah. something like that. So, I mean, I think that he brings up the question of, you know, what are you really, what are you really looking for? I mean, I think the left tackle thing is, is, is totally apt. But. You know, are you going to draft a guy like that where it's, you know, maybe like Solder where he comes in, he may have to play on the right side for a little bit, and then you get him over to the left side? That's where I'm at with this whole class as a whole. But I think he kind of sums it up as a guy who maybe a right tackle, maybe has some left right. tackle potential. You don't know what you're And that might exactly. be the ideal situation is to get a guy, I mean, if he can play left tackle. Yeah. I mean, to get a guy that you plug in on the right side and somehow you cross your fingers that Trent Brown gives you one more season yeah. of quality play at left tackle – and then you don't have that pressure, uh, you know, of the the guy having to come in and save the day. Uh, but that's there's a lot of ifs there. Yeah, you know, as they he's like a to right say. tackle to me, Darnell Wright, yeah. three hundred and forty pounds. Don't tweet that, Evan. He'll come at you. Don't he, add him. He's somebody though that his 
his hand strength and his power in the run game is eye-popping. You watch him play, and, and he's just moving the line of scrimmage at will, even in the SEC or down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. And he's somebody that you mentioned Will Anderson, but he performed well against every good edge rusher that he went up against last year and then was awesome in Mobile. So he's somebody that every single time he faces elite competition, he's doing well against those guys. And that often translates uh, to the league, but he's somebody that, in 2022 or 2021 excuse me wasn't as good took a really big leap in 2022 and will anderson at the combine actually talked about that he said i played him last year and i was like this guy's you know okay and then i played him this year and it was like holy crap this guy's gotten so much better uh so he's got really good power a good balance you know he's just not somebody that you're gonna run through in pass protection i think he's got decent feet for his size but i wouldn't say he's overly rangy at the position which is why i kind of look at him as more of a right tackle than a left tackle but he's played both sides and the Patriots have never been too you know needy right like they don't really look at it that way and say oh you can't play here or you can't play there they they just sort of figure out where it lies at the end of the day but I think he's a right tackle I think putting him next to Mike on when it would be ridiculous like those two guys on a double team would just be stupid <laughs> but I, I don't know it, it does depend on if you really are dead set on left tackle versus a right yeah. tackle. So we won't take as much time with the interior guys, but before we move to them, I'm just curious if you guys had some prospects, maybe day day two, maybe later day two, day three. Yeah. Um, you know, and this would be a double up, I would say, because you, you're not going to draft a guy, say, in the fifth round and say, well, our tackle, we, we, we address tackle. This would be getting somebody early, but maybe somebody else that caught your eye uh, a little bit later as a developmental well, guy. Yeah, I'll th- I mean, I'll throw two names out there that are maybe, you know, day two, day day two guys, but Tyler Steen from Alabama. Yeah, you just you can't. Always got to keep you the, can't Alabama, ignore the guys. Alabama guys. Yeah, you always got to have them on the, uh, on the Another list. one who, you know, in the postseason this year, you know, in the, in the spring games has, you know, turned some heads. And, and also, I mean, I just can't not put him on Cody mock with, you know, no front teeth, uh, from North Dakota state. We're, we're going to talk about guards in a second. <laughs> right. So he's probably, I, I think guard. that was a shot. Yeah, that was a shot. That at, was a at shot. At Cody you. mock. Um, yeah, it was, more that, it was a shot at you, not Cody. Cody mock. Mock. No, well, well yeah. I like his, I like his, I like his style. He thinks uh, he's a guard and that's in fairness. I have him on my And that's guard. probably he's why he's going to end up, but, but just, those are two guys that, that I like. Okay. Can I go rapid fire? Real yes. Quick? I would uh, appreciate the rapid fire. Rapid fire because this is a big position of need for the Patriots. Dewan Jones, Ohio state, Trent Brown, 2.0 Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. A really underrated player who I think is going to be a first round pick. Real quick on him, did he struggle in some of the the senior games, whether the Shrine or the uh, Senior Bowl? I not, can't remember which. Not one. like terribly. No, okay. Dewan Jones dominated. Like one day of practice, drop the mic, see you later. I mean, unbelievable play <laughs> okay. strength. Uh, Trent Brown, two point Anton Harrison, just a clean. Uh, not necessarily the most flashy guy here, but but somebody that's going to be a solid pro. Uh, Blake Freeland. Nate Solder 2.0 over there at BYU. Uh, you mentioned Steen. Uh, the last guy I'll, I'll mention really quickly, Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse, actually measured in a little bit bigger uh, than I think some people expected. His footwork and, and his lower half looks like guard, uh, but he's 6'5 with 33-inch arms. So I, I think he's got the size to play tackle if you really want him to. Probably one of those guys that's a better guard than a tackle but can play tackle. Okay, let's, um, you know, real quick, um, you know, spend a couple of minutes just talking about some of the interior guys. Obviously, the Patriots used a first-round pick on Cole Strange last year. It'd be really odd to take a position like that and double up uh, in consecutive seasons. But 
Um, I, I don't see a lot of uh, you know first round uh, projections, uh, second round project projections with the guards and centers. But I will say uh, I'm going to ask you guys to give me a center uh, projection because I do think it would be good business to sort of worry about David Andrews a little bit as mm-hmm. he's progressing in his career. Maybe a fifth, sixth round kind of a guy that you could plug in and wait a year. They've been trying to do that periodically in recent years. Haven't really had a lot of success. Yeah. Anybody stand out? I, I mean, I just throw Alex Forsyth out there from Oregon, who yeah, just made an impact, an, an impact, an, an impact on me. He made an impact at me at the uh, at the, the scouting combine. Well, but you and know, you cl- ha- and you have to keep those that the, the Oregon guys. That's where Adrian Clem is coming from. So you have to keep them. He on just your, seemed on incredibly smart, polished, and this is just you know hearing him talk. But he just kind of had a Patriots type vibe to me, and I think that's a perfect kind of like. Day three, developmental guy, get him in the system, and you know maybe you see him in a couple of years. Yeah, Forsyth is a good one. He's also somebody that is cerebral, you know, got it between the ears, and and really led a, that Oregon offensive line last year. Ricky Stromberg from uh, Stromberg, sorry, uh, from Arkansas, uh, also senior bowl guy or uh, Shrine Bowl guy, excuse me, worked with the Patriots there in Vegas. Uh, he's somebody that I could see maybe late day three, uh, you know, around those six round picks or something like that that they have at the end of day three. I, we got to talk about Cody Mock, though, because... Oh, now you want to... Yeah, he's a guard. he has no teeth? No, because he's a guard. <laughs> oh, okay. But you waited... Now, that was definitely... Before I wasn't that sure... That was a shot. That was that definitely was a, a shot. shot. I waited for the interior <laughs> offensive line portion of this show. Cody Mock is one of my favorite guys to watch in this draft because he is just exactly what an offensive lineman should be. He is a hog molly, eats nails, like literally is just going to put you in the dirt every single chance that he's got. But with that being said, and I know everybody makes a big deal out of the arm length, and I want to stress this, he's a guard for more reasons than just his arm length. It's not just because he's not doesn't have 34 inch arms like that's part of it uh, but his footwork and, and his really his whole entire skill set the more space that he gets the worse that it, his technique and the worse that his play gets and he just doesn't really have uh, the footwork or the balance uh, to play outside I don't think in the league I think he can be a high level guard I think he might be like an all pro center if you wanted to play him at center uh, but I think he would be a really high level guard as well and somebody that just can play multiple spots like you can put him at tackle if you absolutely needed to so I would say that he's a backup tackle uh, for you as well if you want to kick him outside in a in a pinch I just wouldn't play him there (laughs) I just wouldn't play him there so uh we'll we'll put a bow on this one uh I just wanted to to throw two names out one um you know there's been a lot of talk and Evan and I talked a lot about the Big Ten and the Patriots sort of kind of Eh. ignoring everybody that's not from Michigan from the Big Ten Um, Michigan has the most draft picks. I think Mike Reese had a note about that uh, over the weekend. Um, uh, you're going to have to help me with the name. Is it Olu, Olu Atimi? Close enough. Uh, close I, enough? I, I don't know exactly how to okay. pronounce it either. Well, way, so he, he's, he's a guy Olu. I thought day, day three kind of interior yeah. lineman. And then he was good in, in the I, senior bowl. I always keep track of the Wisconsin guys because that's like an offensive line. Oh. Joe Tipman uh, to me was a guy that um, just because of the, the pedigree of the Wisconsin lineman in the NFL. Again, we're talking about guys that you might draft late like Chasen Hines and Andrew Stuber last year and then maybe hope you can develop one of them um, and you know they spend a year in the practice squad and maybe two years from now you know you might have a guy who could potentially replace someone who you lose in free agency like Michael Owenu if you're not able yeah. to resign him yeah yeah I uh, last one uh, from the Shrine Bowl Jackson Kirkland from Washington I uh, played guard 
predominantly left guard at the Shrine Bowl, but he's played some tackle in his career as well. He's actually a tackle uh, as a junior. And then for some reason, the Washington coaching staff thought that they really needed his experience inside, so they moved him inside as a senior. But he's played both spots. He's kind of that uh, maybe has a starter potential inside, but maybe can be a backup multiple spots uh, later in the draft. And I I think that he's somebody that they had their eye on because they were very specific about uh, where they were putting him uh, when they put him out there. So. All right, well, we're not going to uh, spend any more time on the offensive line. I already gave you more time than I than I normally would, uh, <laughs> only because it is a position of need, and yeah. I think Everett and I are uh, higher on that position of need than, than Mike no, is, right but I think you. we all yeah, agree that all right, there's some – I think one Some of those reinforcements first round, are needed at yeah, tackle. I think one of those first round guys makes sense. I just I think where I start to get a little bit questiony is when you're trying to develop them, you know, and, and it, it, I don't I don't know what the system's going to be like with the new coaching staff. How's it all going to look? So get one up top. I, I'm on board with that. When you start throwing darts at the board day three, then it's you know kind of whatever. All right, that's your offensive lineman draft prospect review. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.